one of the seven spirits of God today we're going to expound on. It's the spirit of grace. That spirit of grace is that reckless love that man would call. When that song first was released, he had some people who were um, more, I would say, the head than the heart. They'd be the theologian type that would were kind of upset with the words to this song saying, God's not reckless. And they really got in an uproar, and they didn't listen to the, to the song. And this is from the person writing the song. In man, if you were to look at God's grace and the love that comes through God through his grace, it is completely reckless to man. Hear me. When we give love to someone, there's always a, do you love me back? I love you. Do you love me? And God recklessly, I love you, giving his son and not expecting anything in return. Grace, that means unmerited. You've done nothing to earn it. You've done nothing to receive it. Grace. The reckless love of God, it's, it is a grace that is so amazing, it overwhelms us. And it is so powerful, there's nothing that, the grace of God that won't resurrect us, won't change us, won't bring us from a place of darkness and evil. And no matter the most evil person and deeds that you could have ever think of, come in contact with the grace of God and not change and not become something beautiful. That love is just so ridiculously powerful. Thank you, worship team. If you have your Bibles today, we're going to be in, starting in uh, the book of Hebrews. Um, our main thing that we've been going through and we're starting to journey through is um, been going through the, the book of Revelation and we're at a spot in Revelation 1-4 where um, John speaks out and says, there's seven spirits of God. and says, John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne. So there's seven spirits. Um, they are the spirit of grace, the spirit of life, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of supplications, the spirit of truth, the spirit of glory. And we have many names, and, and last week we went over some of the things, and I'm just going to recap for those who weren't here, just the introduction. The Holy Spirit, um, we've heard some folks call the Holy Ghost. Um, the true um, interpretation of the word pneuma is spirit. It is breath. It is life. Um, the King James translates it ghost, but then also in other parts it says spirit. Really, the best, the best translation is, is the spirit. He is a person of the Holy Spirit. He is a distinct person with a unique personality of his own. It is true that he is called the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, as well as the Holy Spirit. These are his main titles. But he is one person performing different ministries. I said last week, he doesn't play well with others. <laughs> he doesn't behave. And he isn't controlled. The unity of the Spirit finds expression in seven different and separate ways in which he operates among men. Much like the Godhead, there are three distinctive persons of God, but yet one God. Amen? So, in, as similar, um, as the candlestick of the wilderness tabernacle was made of one piece of hammered gold and had seven branches, seven different lights, uh, so is the Holy Spirit as one, yet shines forth in seven different uh, distinct uh, ministries and attributes. Make sense? So, you have a candlestick that was hammered out of gold in one solid piece, the menorah, and there's seven lights on it. That's a representation of the seven spirits of God. So... We covered a lot of that last week. So going into actual, the actual spirits, and, and why is that important to us today? 
Well, we, we spoke last week a little bit. We, we understand there's, there's the man of lawlessness, which the book of uh, Daniel and Revelation talks about, that the spirit of Antichrist is, we can see people under the influence today. Is, is that fair enough? Defund the police. We want to tear down police. We don't want to, and police represent, they're in, in the simplest form, God. Authority. A position of authority. And all authority is placed by God. Um, the police, good police represent justice. Amen? God is a God of justice. So you see this spirit that is behind things. And that doesn't say that every single police officer is good. The majority are. Right? The majority are. That's fair enough. They represent uh, justice. They represent uh, authority. So when we're, there's something behind trying to tear those things down, that's not the Holy Spirit. Amen? That would be the Antichrist spirit. The spirit, the man of lawlessness is behind that and instigating that. So why that is important to us in the, in the um, book of Revelations, three different times, the agency, and the, the agent in the church age of God is the Holy Spirit. He is in us and dwells in us and with us and empowers us. He is the contrary agent to the spirit of Antichrist. Amen? So we, and he lives in us and dwells in us and, and takes, and has seven different um, distinct um, applications and purposes. And I think it's very important in this day and age that we know those, understand those, so we can allow those to work through us and live through us. Amen? We are to be lights in this world. Amen? Do you think you're here for just sing kumbaya? And, I'm, and you know what? I'm not going to really apologize, but um, I don't normally, those of you, I don't normally probably get as passionate as I did earlier um, of worship. But this, I don't know about you, but in this day and age, um, with so many opposing forces trying to tell us to quit, and trying to get me to not sing and not worship the Lord, I'll be danged if we're going to come into church and then be like, I raise a hallelujah. I'm going to sing. Right. Louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. <laughs> what the heck? I'm not saying, worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Amen? I'm not saying don't fake it. Now, there's days I might come in and I'd not be like, woo! But Paul also told Timothy, hey, fan into flames the gift that's inside of you. We need to start getting our minds right. What are we doing today? What, why do we come into church? And I'm going to tell you flat out, this is how I believe. If we're coming to church just to check a box, we should close the doors. I don't want to be pastoring a church. I'm not going to pastor a church. I, I, God did not call me to just come and, and check boxes. We're going to come and we're going to worship the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to love God that way. We're going to love people that way. Or we're not going to do it. We're not in a time period where it's just kumbaya and we're just going to... No, that hasn't worked, church. The church is to be different. They should be able to spot us a mile away. Not because we have a mask on or don't have a mask on. That's not the defining issue. The defining issue is that there's someone, the person of the Holy Spirit that resides in us and lives in us, and he is in the spirit of grace, which means we have that light, like that menorah inside of us, and in darkness, people should see that light, and they would be drawn to it, amen? The word, the word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, amen? So we should be that same thing. Does the word live in us? Does the person? Yes, he does. He lives in us. So should we be a light into people's feet? We should be as a believer. We should be light. We, there should be, oh, there, there's the way. I was lost, but all of a sudden I see the way. 
Isn't that what they did with Jesus? They were drawn to him, not because they had um, a certain T-shirt on. The spirit of God was upon him and was him, and it was coming out of man, flesh and blood, and people were going, what? And I've encountered people like that. It's possible. And every time I've encountered people like that, it so challenges me, convicts me, and conviction is not a bad word. Conviction means it, you go running to God. At least good Holy Spirit conviction does that. Man-made conviction, which is also condemnation, causes you to go the other way. I'm not even in my notes. Who knows? <laughs> but that's what it's supposed to look like. When we come into a house together and there's a bunch of little Christs. Amen. See, if we don't understand that, we don't know who we are. We're not going to function as we're supposed to function. But this, is, there's, this room should be full of a bunch of little Christs. Christ-like people. He's like, I got to go so the Spirit of God can come, the Comforter, so he could, Jesus could indwell in us. It's didn't, you just didn't say a prayer. You didn't just say a prayer so you could get out of hell free. You joined with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you said, God, I want you in me, and, I want to, and I'm in you. It's supernatural. And for the purpose of affecting this world, you're literally supposed to go into all the world and make disciples. Baptizing them, which means death to your old life and coming out anew and afresh, empowered. We're supposed to, to ask and want to have the baptizer, Jesus, baptizes in power of the whole, in fullness of the Holy Spirit. And that shouldn't be a weird thing. In this day and age, we should be like, yes, I need that and I want that. And when that is in you, you can't just sit there and be like, there's no shadow you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. And it not wreck you in such a powerful, and I mean wreck you like the old things, the old way that you would have been like, yeah, and it wrecks you. You're like, I just can't sit here no more. Like, dude, he's amazing. He's a good God. Like, I don't know about you, but in spite of me, <laughs> in spite of me, he still loves me. In spite of me, he chooses to use me, and he chooses to use you. And he's, you are called for such a time as this. This is such an amazing time to live in. You are in the most amazing biblical time that's ever been laid out in history. There's never, all of heaven is like, yes, behold, he comes. The earth is in birth pains, and, and just the, the, the nature is anticipating Christ's return. We better be. Good Lord, the trees and some of the, the, some of the, the nature out there is probably worshiping the Lord a little better than we were this morning. Those birds were singing. What do you think they're singing? Where am I going to get my next meal? No. They're not worried about that because they know they have a good father who provides for them every single day. They don't have to have storehouses to store up in. I bet you they're singing glories and praises to God. We should be. And I'll tell you what, when you encounter him, oh, you will. When you encounter him and, and the veil starts to go back, you're wrecked. You come down off a mountain and your face is shining. And there's going to be some folks who say like, dude, put a veil on. The glory's too bright. 
And I'm going to say, heck no, wear sunglasses. The spirit of grace. Teen Challenge, as you can tell, is not here today. Um, when I was in Teen Challenge, we always joked and said that TC, because that's what they call Teen Challenge, is TC. We determined very quickly TC meant things change. <laughs> things change all the time when you're in TC. So things have changed. Um, you're with, you got stuck with me this, this week. Um, because of all the garbage, that's what I'm going to call it, because of all the garbage, um, there's just some differences of, you know, not being able to, to do everything that we normally um, would do and, and have um, for Teen Challenge to come. And um, I said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to take an offering anyways. Um, just didn't seem like there might have been some nervousness because they're in a different area and they have different folks around them. And I respect that. So rather than, you know, make it weird, I just said, hey, well, we love you guys. We're going to give you an offering. Um, when, when things are lifted or when you feel like you can do all the things that we normally love to see you guys do, why don't you come back? Amen? Is that fair enough? So we're going to take an offering afterwards. Um, those plates will be there. And um, here's, here's a testimony about Teen Challenge. You're looking at, a, at an individual right here that went through the program that God restored. Now, Teen Challenge didn't restore me. God did. But it was the ability and a place for me to go, get discipled, get poured into come encounter with people that look like Jesus, grow, come out, and kick some butt and take some names. Amen. All right, is that fair enough? So I love Teen Challenge, and uh, we, we support um, two different places. We support Jamestown. Um, they have an in-treatment place now, so we support them monthly. And then uh, we have Sacramento come, and when they come, we give them a, a very good offering. So um, we love Teen Challenge, so, but you're stuck with me. We're going to continue on the seven spirits of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29. We're going to read just that verse first, and then I'm going to, we're going to read in content and context and maybe see some culture. Amen? So you say, where's the spirit of grace at? Hebrews 10, 29, is, and there's a bunch of them, but this is one. It says, how much severe punishment do you think we will deserve, or he will deserve, who has trampled underfoot the Son of God, and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the spirit of grace. Whew. Insulted the spirit of grace. We're like, dude, I didn't even know there was a spirit of grace. Well, we better know there's a spirit of grace and make sure we don't insult it and insult him. Amen. So let's look at this whole thing in, in, in context. We're going to start in Hebrews 10 verses 19 through 29. And this is, uh, this is Paul's writing. It says, Since therefore, brethren, we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies, washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Without wavering. Can we say that today? Are we wavering? 
Are we holding fast? Let's hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Yes, he is. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and in the, all the more as you see the day drawing near. I'm going to stop. That, what he's speaking of, is as you see the day drawing near is the day of the Lord. As you see the day of the Lord drawing near, which means what? The second coming of Christ. As you see things beginning to wrap up, another way you can say that. As you see these things beginning to wrap up, we should consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Fair enough? Not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. I want to stop for a second. Well, after verse 27, it says, But a certain terrifying expectation. Dude, that's bad. I don't know about you. Certain terrifying, what? That should get your attention. Of what? Of judgment. A certain terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of a fire which will consume the adversaries. So who's that judgment for? The adversaries. Now, in context, let's go over and, and just, just, it might be on your Bible, the same page, but in, in Hebrews 9, 27 and 28, it says, and inasmuch as it was appointed for men to die once and after this comes what? Judgment. As it is much as it was appointed for men to die once and after this comes judgment. So Christ also having been offered once to bear the sins of many shall appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly await him. So the second time he's coming for salvation without reference to sin. He's not coming to deal with sin. He's coming for the church, for salvation. Salvation is to save from. Amen? So I just wanted you to see this is the context of verse of chapter 10, 24, 25, 26, 27. He's already laid that down. So then you read that, um, not forsaking our drawing together. And this goes on and says, for if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of the truth. If we go on sinning or people go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge that there's a overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, and He has come, the grace of God has come to free us and to save us from that impending judgment, and you go, well, great, and you continue on sinning, and you just forget that, yeah, whatever, and I don't care. You have a, an, an impending judgment that is going to be coming for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. That is who the judgment is for. It is not for those who saw the light, as Hank Williams would say, I saw the light, went to the light, Submitted himself to the light. And now you are in, in covenant with, with the Almighty God. That judgment's not for you. See, Jesus took the judgment at the cross. Now we receive salvation. Yay! That's why we worship the Lord, right? I am saved, and, and he lives in me, and I can have an effect on this world and help other people meet him so that they don't meet that judgment. Verse 28, anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. 
How much more, verse 29, our main text, how much more severe punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? Gives that a little more context, don't it? So we don't want to insult the Spirit of grace. And we see there is a Spirit of grace. You say, well, that's great, Pastor Steve. Well, what does the Spirit of Grace do? I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> you like those little conversations I have in my head? <laughs> it's, you say you're only crazy when you answer yourself. <sighs> so I want to just, just share a little, little piece right here. This, this in itself, the grace of God how, God, how God has designed this whole thing, which is like the whole gospel is a, a gospel of grace. For God so loved that he gave freely. The whole gospel is a gospel of grace. From the beginning to end, it's a gospel of grace. This is what separates us or Christianity from every other religion on the planet. Everything else is works. And that has tried to even get itself into church. That has tried to get itself not just into church, but even into Christian faith. And not just into Christian faith, Every, every version and, and uh, schism or thought of Christian faith, even in Pentecostalism, this whole works thing, there's a spirit of grace. That is one of his names and attributes and functions. Specific, it, he comes as grace. Isn't it beautiful? The, I mean, what separates us from every, the God that we serve lovingly, knowingly came and gave his life for us because he knew we couldn't live right. You, you are not going to be able to, Paul said, if we were able to live right, then Christ died in vain. There was no reason, and guess what? He didn't die in vain. So he, knowing, came himself and gave his life for us. He did the work. He did the work. All other religions are working towards and for salvation. You have to, and when you try to, well, I have to come to church every Sunday. I have to, you know, I have to get up and pray. I have to get in my word. I have to, I can't wear this. I have to wear this. I have to do this. I have to, I can't hang out with these people. I can't go here. I, and some of those things may be true. But that's not your focus and what you're, you're living your life towards because you're trying to earn and be good enough for his salvation. None of us were good enough. You come to salvation through knowing I am not good enough. And you're overwhelmed by that grace is unmerited. And you go, this is amazing. He paid a fine that I could not pay. And I, I was set free. That's the grace of God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved. Through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves. That needs to be so important. And that not of yourselves. It is the what? The gift of God. What do you do in gift? How, how does it become yours? You receive it. That's the part we play. That's the only part we play. What separates us from the world? And guess what? He did this for 
the world. The world. You see, he doesn't have to go when someone new comes and go, oh, well, I got to go get on the cross and die for them now. No, he died for the world, all of the sin of the world. He paid the price for all of the sin on the planet. So what separates us? What makes us different? We come to an enlightenment and understanding that what he did, he really did. And then you receive the gift. That's the part you play. You receive, you take possession of it. They say possession's what? Nine-tenths of the law. Mine. And I'll tell you what, I'm stingy with it. Like, this is my salvation. I'll share him with you, but I, ain't, I don't, like, I, I so cherish it, like, I don't set it down and forget it. I left some sunglasses at two weddings ago. Set them down. I don't know where they are now. That salvation? Mm -mm. When, when he, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm squeezing him so tight and what he did for me. I mean, I might trip and stumble. There might be some issues, but I am not letting go of this. You value that? I do. See, the Bible says those who've been forgiven much love much. It's the gift of God, not as a result of works. Man, how, do, how does the church get this wrong? It is a gift of God, not as a result of works. So that no one may boast. None of us can boast about it. Only thing we boast about is, Jesus, you're amazing. That's our boast. You're amazing. We boast in him. Well, and you can tell when people are boasting in themselves as a Christian, got it wrong, right? That's a pretty good telltale sign says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. What? Yeah, we're his workmanship created in him for good works. So we don't do good works to earn salvation because of what he's done and he puts us in him and we are in him. We're created for good works. Those are, that is, remember we talked about the bride? That is the white dress that, he, that is getting put on the church. It is those good works, those things we do. But we're not earning salvation. We're just submitting to him, allowing him to live through us and do the things that he wants to do through us. Amen? Amen. You're just letting him live through you. I don't have to. He doesn't force none of us to do any of it. Because when you're forced to do it, it's drudgery. How many serve God that way? I have. I'm not ashamed. I've done it wrong. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll go back into that. Earning it, working for it, being made to go to church. I remember my kids asking me, not here, um, I'm not going to say which church, but I remember at one point they said, Dad, do we have to go? <coughs> yeah. Here's the reason. Why? Dad, I'm not getting anything. I wanted to say, neither am I. It made me think, why are we going? Because, Dad, why are we going? Well, because I'm the youth pastor. <laughs> Ain't wrong answer. I'll tell you what, it didn't take too long after that that the Holy Spirit gave me a, a wake up. Hey, what are you doing and why? 
I don't come here because I have to. Even though I'm the pastor, I don't have to. Believe me. <laughs> if you ever just think pastors just, you know, we just got that program thing. And no, I'm doing this because I love it. No one made me come be a pastor. The Lord took me on a journey. And I saw very, very, very clearly, this is what I love. I don't serve him because I have to. I serve him because I love him. And when we're doing something because we have to, it's not, it's, not being, uh, it's not the spirit of God that's in you, instructing you and encouraging you to do it. Because when he's living in you, encouraging you, instructing you, you love to do it. There's anointing on it. It's another way. When, when it's spirit-led, there's an anointing on it. What's that mean? It means in your natural strength, um, you might be able to make some progress, but when you're doing what he wants you to do and, you're, and he's blessing it, there's like ridiculous progress. There's ridiculous blessing on the things that you're touching. There's ridiculous blessing. You're going, I couldn't do that normally. It's his blessing that's on it. It's, it's his anointing. Okay. Man, I got, are we going to make it through this? Good Lord, probably not. The Holy Spirit presents heaven's treasures as gracious gifts to men. One of the things he does as the spirit of grace. He presents and brings like heaven's treasures as gifts to men. Isn't that neat? Doesn't he do that? Those gifts of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, all those things that are so heavenly. He brings them down into us and begins to develop those things in our lives and through us. That is a beautiful function. That's, that's one of the functions of the spirit of grace. Here's a beautiful thing. He doesn't accept payment for it. We don't work for it. He doesn't receive payment for it. Like you can't buy those gifts. You can't work for those things. You can't earn those things. Isn't that awesome? You know why that is? Because they've already been paid in full. That's that ridiculous, amazing grace. It's already been paid in full. Like, what would you like? It's, it's all open to you. How much would you like? It's all been paid for. Can you imagine? Now, I know human nature, and I know myself. If someone, like if I went into just a place, and there's all this ridiculous stuff that I know I want and need, and it's all going to be good for me, and the person that owned the shop was like, come on in. Everything you see, it's all yours. Take as much as you like. Spend as much time as you like. We wouldn't be like coming in like, I raise a hallelujah. You'd be jumping, what? You'd be getting trucks, trailers, buying more trucks, selling your house to get all the stuff that you could to load all that stuff up. Tell me I'm wrong. And if you had any God in you, you'd be telling everyone else about that place. No, stop what you're doing. You don't understand. You see, if that's not happening, it might be because we don't believe it. That's the only thing that really can be the answer. Do you believe that? Are you experiencing that is even a better question. Do you have that? Do you think it's a certain special combination that only pastors get that have to have the secret code to get in there? 
I don't have it, by the way. It's already been paid in full. It's that belief. It's that faith. Through faith. He don't accept payment. <laughs> this is a tough one for us. He doesn't barter or make deals. How many have tried that one? <laughs> you want to play, let's make a deal. <laughs> Lord, I'll do this if you'll do this. What? Stop it. Done it. How many's done it and then you reneged on it? He's like, all right, Eric. I mean, he's not like, it's not like he's like going to do it. He's like, it's already been done. It's already yours. Just receive it. Okay, let's make a deal, Steve. Knowing like, he ain't going to do it. That's what the songwriter would say, reckless love. Doesn't barter. He will not allow the smallest amount of credit or payment to be presented to him for the gifts. The Holy Spirit's so amazing, the Spirit of Grace. He never speaks of himself. You'll never, he's like, I'm so awesome. He's always, he's always edifying Jesus, always pointing at Jesus. He's, that's, he just is always. He never shows up like, here I come to save the day. Never takes credit even though they're his gifts, his fruit. I don't even like to say the, like my fruit or my gifts. I'm not trying to be super humble. Don't get me wrong. I just understand they're his. They're his. Now, now we can possess them, and he'll give them and share them, but I didn't, I, didn't like, I didn't pop them out of my tree. I wasn't a good boy, and then after 10 days of being a good boy, forgiveness popped out. I try hard enough. Pop. Oh, I love more now. <laughs> yeah, right. No, the harder you try, the more frustrated you get. So what am I saying? That we don't try? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Stop working. Go get in his presence and begin to thank him for what he's already given you. And begin to act like he's already done that. He's already been paid in full. And you don't have to earn it. And you don't have to work for it. Begin to let that wash over you. And just begin to thank him for what he's already done. Lord, I thank you <laughs> that you've poured out an amazing grace over my life. Father, I thank you that that grace lives inside of me. Father, I thank you that even though at times I don't walk in that, I thank you, Lord, that you're washing me and renewing me by your word. I thank you, Lord, that more and more grace is coming out of my life. Father, I thank you for that. Father, I thank you that you're so superior and su supernatural that my flesh doesn't stand a chance, that I am going to be conformed into your image. I thank you, Lord. I'm looking more and more like you every single day instead of looking and focusing on all the negative. It's been paid in full. This is the spirit of grace that is unleashed and on us and with us today to go battle against the spirit of Antichrist. It's got to come from a place of grace. We're not bad. It's not black and white. It's good and evil. It's not whatever sides you want to put up against each other. It, it's not that. It's good and evil. 
And we need to come from a place, in just one of the first spots of the seven spirits of God, from a place of graciousness. And how are we going to come from that? When we truly understand that I haven't earned it, I haven't worked for it, he is so good. And we allow that to wash over us and through us and, and live in us and out of us. Amen? Grace is the foundational and fundamental law of the ministry of, of the Holy Spirit and the ministry of God. It's the foundational law, grace. We got to get that right. We got to make sure we get that right. There's no limit to what he will give and do as we accept it as unmerited favor. <laughs> flavor. It's a good flavor. Listen to this. There's no limit, church, to what he will give and do as we accept it as unmerited favor. There's no limit. But we have to accept it as unmerited. If, if we're trying to accept it as I've earned it, there's a limit. That's right where that limit stops. Think about that. That amazing, the gifts of God, they stop when we start thinking, oh, I've earned it. I wonder how many people, thank you, Holy Spirit, when I've prayed for people, weren't healed because I was limited. Thinking it was, well, I don't know if I prayed enough this week. Well, maybe I'm not good enough. Well, maybe, well, maybe that's not my, yeah, that's where that limit came. Come on. That's a lot better than you're listening. That was from the throne. Let me give you some scripture to back up what I'm saying. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. And I'm reading this one. I've been in the New American Standard. Um, this is going to come out of the Passion. I just like how it was read. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 through 9. This is Paul. He says, I am always thanking my God for you because he has given you such free, listen to this, free and open access to his grace. Paul says, I'm always thanking God for you. He has given you such free and open access to his grace through your union with Jesus. i got to stop there for a second. Um, through your union. I, wor I worked in underground construction years ago. A union is what brings two pieces together and make them one. I'm always thanking God for you because he has given you such free and open access to his grace through your union with Jesus. He's given you free and access, open access to his grace through your union with the internet. Oh, no, that's not what it says. He's given you free and open access to his grace through your union with Fox News. No? Well, then why are we in union Why are we in union with anything else but Christ? Why are we in union with anything else but this? This is the truth. It's the truth that sets you free. It's not the internet. It's not the news. It's not the next rabbit hole. Come on. Amen. 
should I? Hmm. Okay, do you guys remember about a pie I told you about? Is there some truth? This is pure, 100%. There's some things out there that people are so diving into, in union with. In union with. And you say, but it's true. Mm, is it 100%? Is it some truth? Do you know how much truth it is? You see, I don't want a pie given to me, and I won't eat a pie if there's 98% or even 99% pure, but there's like 1% human fecal matter. And I'd say most of those other things are probably 25 or more percent. Boy, it sure looks good. But when you find out, is it pure? Is it really, is it really apple pie? Or is it apple poo-poo pie? <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sorry, that's kind of crude. But this is what you have to see. Would you like a slice? Um, no, thank you. I don't want that in me. In this day and age, you need this. You need to be in union, in union with him. I'm trying to think of the evangelist's name. Um, Smith Wigglesworth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth had a young minister. Came in, he, he, the young minister came and said, hey, I, I'd like to be mentored by you. I'd like to spend some time with you. And Smith Wigglesworth, if you ever, ever read about him or heard him, uh, very cut and dry, like would take people who had... Um, sicknesses and diseases in them and demonic things in them and would punch them in the chest and just call out that sickness and people would be seriously ridiculously healed. Took a dead man, picked him up, threw him against the wall and said, be healed. <laughs> Slid down that wall, dead or still dead. Picked him up. <laughs> Come back in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Slid down. This guy's got crazy faith. Crazy faith. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like, third time. Pa! Bing. This is for real. I said all that to say, the young minister came in to, was going to come into his house, had, his new, had a newspaper with him. Lester Summerall. Lester Summerall was going to go into Smith's Wilbur's house. Smith Wilworth met him at the door and he said, I don't let trash into my house. He said, no, go throw that away. Close the door. I don't let lies into my house. That's what he said. I don't let lies into my house. I only let truth into my house. Now, I'm going to tell you what. You say, that's pretty extreme. So is raising dead. See, Lester Summerall learned something very powerful from Smith Wigglesworth. There's a cost. And it's usually here. What are we allowed? What are we in union with? And if I'm joining myself with things that are partial truths, there's, there's a lot of lies. I'm being consumed by those things. If, if I spent the energy in this and the truth, and that's all I want to listen to, that's all I want to spend time in. I, I can tell you, for, like, I don't watch the news much anymore. I don't know what the temperature is going to be tomorrow. It's probably going to be warm because it's pretty darn hot today. 
I don't watch the news a whole lot because it's mostly poo-poo. I don't want it in me. I don't want it making me think those things. I'd rather have this in me because this is the truth. I want to be in union with him and to a point that when all that stuff's happening, it's not fake. I'm not trying to, to fan it into flame. Oh, oh Lord, I need your peace now because I'm, I want to be able to just naturally just be like able to see like, that's a lie. That's not going to touch me. His word says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's a weapon formed against me. I know who I am in him. I don't have to go looking through 15 verses to build my faith up about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to be so in union with him that he's speaking and I'm hearing and I'm just being able to walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. Amen? What are we in union with? Wow. Yeah, we're not going to finish this point today. Praise the Lord. Let's finish the verse. What do you say? Yeah. <laughs> we'll try that. Free and open access to his grace through your union with Jesus, the Messiah. In him you have been made extravagantly rich in every way. In every way. Mind, will, emotions, body, every way. Holistically. You have been endowed with a wealth of inspired utterance. And the riches that come from your intimate knowledge of him. For the reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened. How is that done? Through your experience of him. How do you get experience of him? Being in his word, being in his presence. Amen? So now you aren't lacking any spiritual gift. Wow! If we are in his word and in his presence and in union with him, we are not lacking any spiritual gift. Now, how many spiritual gifts do you want and need? All. All. It's all yours. The Spirit of grace brings you into that. It's all yours. I'm not making this up. You're not lacking any spiritual gift as you eagerly await the unveiling of the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. He will keep you steady and strong to win the very end. Aren't you glad? Are we getting close to that? Uh, yeah. He will keep you steady and strong to the very end, making your character mature so that you will be found innocent on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I love that word. I heard so many guilties in my life. Oh, I never went to court and was found innocent. Just saying. I got pulled over. I'm telling myself. I was on my motorcycle. Yeah. Got pulled over. Thank you for a gracious police officer. I only rode it for 70. Beautiful. When you're able to say that, you got a ticket for 70 and you're saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not patting myself on the back. I need to mature in Christ. I swear, I told Jenny today, yesterday coming back from the wedding, there's got to be some sort of like vehicles that you can drive fast in heaven. There just has to be because I get so much enjoyment <laughs> for like going fast. I love speed. I mean, it, I was born that way. It has to be a gift. 
true story though, I got, you know, senior most likely, how many remember those in high school, like your yearbook, senior most likely to, you know, senior most likely to become president, senior most likely, I was voted senior most likely to win the Indianapolis 500. That's the truth. There's got to be some sort of like, we're going to fly fast, something. Okay, let's come back. He will keep you steady and strong to the very end, making your character mature so that you will be found innocent on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is forever faithful and can be trusted. Church, we got to understand that. God is forever faithful. His faithfulness isn't dependent on your faithfulness. Amen. Aren't you glad? Yes. His faithfulness is not dependent on your faithfulness. Because if he was dependent on your faithfulness, I'll change that. If his faithfulness was dependent on my faithfulness, I won't pick on you. I'm in trouble. There's a limit in mine. There's no limit in his. And that's his word. He says, he is faithful. In 1 first, first, uh, Timothy chapter 1, he is faithful. Even though you're unfaithful, you're, you are unfaithful, he cannot go against what he is. He can't go, he's faithful. Just like he's love, he can't go against it. He's love. He's faithful. He can't not be unfaithful. Don't matter what you do. You can be unfaithful, be a dummy. You could reject the grace of God and put yourself in hell. Doesn't change God's faithfulness. He's forever faithful and can be trusted to do this in you. To do what? All of those things that we just read. For he has invited you to co-share the life of his son. Union. He has invited you, believers, church, unbelievers, he's invited you to co-share the life of Christ. For him to be in us and us in him. That's what salvation looks like. Our life gets swallowed up by his life. Let me really mess your head up. Because this messes mine up. He literally, my life, this life right now, has been walked out in Christ. And when Christ finishes and, and said the end in his life, that's what mine looks like. That's what yours looks like. Amen. You should be excited about that. Amen. The Father sees your life right now, my life, I'm in. Jesus has walked it out and lived it out perfectly. And I'm in union with his life. And you're going, that sounds a little heretical. It's sad that that sounds heretical. Because the church has made salvation a get out of hell free card. Instead of get into union with Christ. He is in me and I am in him. The father sees me. He sees the world has complete access to this. He has, he has lived out his life perfectly. As came into flesh and blood, man, sinful man, joined himself with us forever. And we can join ourselves with him. He got a complete A. He passed the law test. Aced it. Said, man, you didn't do so good, did you? I'm like, huh, I didn't even get a 30. What, mine? Oh. <laughs> What? I didn't even study. You want mine? I knew there was a test, and I was like, forget that. I don't care. You want mine? 
How excited are you? Are? Or how excited are you? Are? How excited are you? When you know, like, what? I can turn that in? Is mine? It's yours. Not guilty. That will cause us to go in our next part, which we don't have time for. You're going to be a little excited about that. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being the Spirit of grace. Thank you for uh, so much of this that I didn't prepare and so much that I have prepared. I thank you, Lord, that I'm able to and we are able to prepare. We're able to study out your word, to be led by your spirit, <laughs> that you live in us. It's so ridiculous. You speak to us. You share things with us. You love us. You have gifts for us. It's unmerited. We've done nothing to earn it. And we have those gifts by receiving that way. Lord, I pray that you would break religion off of your church, off your bride. Break works off of your bride. Break bartering off of your bride. Break earning off of your bride. Break it off of me. <laughs> I'd be free. Salvation's free, but it isn't cheap. It's so precious. So, Lord, we cling to you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in agreement and in unity. We thank you, Spirit of grace, for living in us. And I pray, Spirit of God, Spirit of grace, live out of us. Let it be one of those candles on that menorah that is a light that people are drawn to, that we would be gracious in all of our acts and all of our ways, that we would act like you, we would speak like you, we would allow you to mature us into gracious individuals. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.